Dear Broadies, before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion in the United States. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety, and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions in this country. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans and people who live in America. Learn more by visiting choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. You can find a list of where to donate in each state at donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. I have personally started donating to states where trigger laws go into effect immediately. Remember, even if you can only spend $1 or $5, that helps. There are things we can do to fight this, and it is going to take continued focus and community support. So I encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. And it was a very complicated and nuanced no, because sometimes you don't realize you know, you're being taken advantage of or, you know, you're not being paid appropriately or you push back Mm -hmm. and you do try to negotiate for more and they offend you. (laughs) And then it's like, (laughs) what do you do then? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pod Broads. This is a podcast about women in podcasting, and I'm your host, Alexandra Cole. Hello, my dear broadies. Welcome back to another episode of the Pod Broads. We're really starting to get into season two now, which is super exciting. And just for those that join me regularly, I think I'm going to really start officially doing a quick recap at the top of this intro each week so that my listeners joining for the first time or bopping around in the backlog kind of know what they're missing from the previous week, you know? And then very soon after, we'll get into the day's episode. So a quick recap from last week's episode for those who haven't heard it yet. I interview Noor Tagore. This was such a reflective episode. I've been a big fan of Noor for a while and I wholeheartedly believe everyone should be paying attention to her work more. And much of what we talk about is processing her time at Girlboss Radio, inner child work, Muslim representation and the media's impact and trauma healing and A quicker note for those of us who are joining me on this episode for the very first time for their Pod Brads listening experience. Hi, I'm Alexandra, and one of my absolute favorite topics to explore and talk about is trauma because I believe it gives us a better understanding of ourselves, how we can grow and change in ways that better serve us in our relationships and communities, and how we as a collective can heal. So yeah, that last part sounds a little woo-woo, but it's fucking true, so here we are, and it comes up a lot on this podcast. Anyway, go check out that interview. It's one, as Noor says during our chat, that is a whole, if you really knew me, quote unquote, the things we don't see on Instagram or in front of the scenes. Plus, it's one of those conversations where I literally could have pulled a bazillion great quotes from, but I had to apply some self-control as I was promoting it and not, not give away the whole interview. 
So today is my official first Podbrads episode with two guests at the same time. Together, they are the hosts of the podcast, Scissoring Isn't a Thing, and separately, which you'll hear them get more detailed on in a moment, they are Darren Karp, who is Andy Cohen's longtime assistant and the host of People's Reality Check, and Liz Culley, who is the executive director of entertainment sales at Condé Nast in LA. So just two total badasses. And I have to slash just want to give a brief shout out to Twitter turned in person friend Kayla Lippman, who was the catalyst to this connection and really to this interview happening. Just a perfect example of the women in the podcasting community being awesome and why I love being a part of it. So I had so much fun during this chat and I know you will too as you're listening to it. And even on listening back through this episode as I edited it, it got me thinking more about a lot of things like how you can have a personal preference but support other people who may feel differently about a particular aesthetic than you or how to navigate public figures like Ellen and J.K. Rowling who individuals and whole groups of people have been super impacted by in a positive way but are also people who have been extremely harmful to other groups of people and in certain cases the same groups of people they had initially positively impacted so uh, yeah we just breached the beginning of that discussion in our conversation toward the end of this episode and i'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this topic after you listen so feel free to dm me Another thing I really have been reflecting on is this issue of when is it okay to ask a question and when is it not? Because as you'll hear in part of the conversation, the name of Darren and Liz's podcast title really comes from weird questions straight people ask people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community, and in this case, specifically lesbians or bisexual women who are in a same-sex relationship. And on the flip side, we also talk about in this conversation a willingness to ask hard questions and have uncomfortable conversations and be asked difficult questions and just like navigating all of that gray area and like when is okay and wanting it to be okay to ask questions so that we can all have constructive conversations. I mean, it's very complex and nuanced and that's one of my takeaways from this discussion. And I think it does boil down to, of course, it's an individual feeling based on who you're talking to and what relationship you have with that person. But yeah, I don't know. I'd really like to hear what you think because I think that what us three talk about today is just a great starting point of reflecting more on these big questions, <laughs> questions that we've all been having come up even more in this last like year and a half, I would say. So I won't keep you any longer, and I'm so thrilled for you to hear about their work, about the power of saying no, the ways in which we try to navigate challenging topics, and the really tough would-you-rathers that I present to them at the end. Make sure to let us know what you think while and after listening, and I'm just going to drop you right into a post-laughing fit of mine right as we were getting acquainted with each other, so enjoy. I'm excited to be here. This is, we talk about this on our podcast, but this is a Liz Cully cold oh email God, extraordinaire. It is, it right is. I love it. Well, I was really excited when your email came through. I, I mean, I told you in my response, I had actually never heard of your podcast, which I'm kind of shocked now that I do know about it, that I hadn't heard of it yet. But 
I received it and then probably didn't respond for like three weeks because I remember I was super overwhelmed with, oh, I had just moved or something and Mm. email was just, it was just not working for me responding to emails. And I also like wasn't doing write-ups, but I was like, well, I can have you on the podcast. I feel like that's almost better than a write-up sometimes, depending. I agree. Yes. Yes, Thank you. That's... (laughs) Even nice of you to answer, Liz. So I appreciate it. But Liz is a good queen of email. She's good. She's very good. I love it. Well, before we get too deep in anything else, I want both of you to take a moment to intro yourselves in your work, but also who you are outside of work. Liz. (laughs) Oh, you want me to? (laughs) I was being polite. Okay. I am Liz Cully in work. I am the executive director of entertainment uh, partnerships at Condé Nast in Los Angeles, which is very fun. And um, I am the co-host of Scissoring Isn't a Thing with Darren Karp, my lovely, beautiful, smart, sophisticated co-host. And outside of those things, I like rap music. I'm married. I have a puppy named Ravioli. I like to cook. Um, and I like makeup and hair and clothes and fun stuff. Nice. Awesome. All right. And Darren, <laughs> go for uh, it. My name is Darren Carp, and, uh, I have a kind of one of those jobs that's kind of multiple. So first and foremost, I'm Andy Cohen's assistant. I've been that for 10 years. I'm also the host of People TV's Reality Check. I am the co-host of Scissoring Isn't a Thing. And I also have a true crime podcast uh, that I co-host with my friend, John Thrasher called Shaken and Disturbed. And then outside of work, uh, I'm a 33-year-old in love lesbian woman who literally is so happy that I get to interview reality TV stars of the day because I watch so much reality TV as my, my pleasure. So I'm really like a reality. She Liz likes rap. I like reality TV, and that's pretty much my, my steez. But I like all television. Um, and I love game shows so much. Yes, I, I heard on one of the interviews that you did that you envisioned that you would be a game show host when you were a kid. That was like the initial. Still envision it now. Oh, oh yeah, hell still yeah. Envision it now. I love still, it. Live say, and well, uh, my friend. It's not <laughs> over. And well. Oh, I yeah, love it. Not over. I have, okay. I have so many questions I want to ask both of you, but I know I can't do it all in this one episode. So we're going to definitely focus mostly on your relationship with each other, but also mm. bringing in Ooh. some of your personal stuff. So I know you've told this story many times, your friend meet cute moment, which I think is hilarious. So I've heard it, but my listeners haven't. So I would love just like a brief retelling of it. And then I have a question for you after that. Liz, you want me to handle? I, I feel like I usually <laughs> handle this question. So you, sh- you I ta- mean, yes. And then the I color commentary, like, the truth. Color right, right. and the truth. Uh, yes, you should, you should go going forward. Nothing I say is actually factual <laughs> or correct. I'm just blabbering on about this. But uh, you can see from our relationship that our relationship has blossomed uh, mm-hmm. over the podcast. But essentially, we got set up through a mutual friend, one that I worked with, one that uh, Liz had actually has known for longer than I have. But she did one of the classic, uh, you know, gay tropes where it's like, well, you guys are both queer so you're both gonna like like each other and we're like well that's not really how it works like on separate sides we were both kind of asking that and I was like just because she's bisexual doesn't necessarily mean I like her but okay whatever I'm down to meet anyone so we met at Chaconis uh in West Hollywood in Los Angeles had a lunch and the first thing I said to Liz 
uh, first thing I said was I grabbed her hands because Liz is very much so into nail art. It is her thing. She always has some... Yeah, exactly. You relate. I do not because I'm phobo lesbian and that wouldn't suit me well. And speaking of which, I said to Liz as I grabbed her hands and I, I probably comment on the nail art, but I was like, you cannot be gay with these nails. And she was like, I've gotten no complaints so far. And ever since then, I felt like the, the bond has been forming and... This kind of happened before the pandemic, so our relationship has blossomed mm-hmm. on the podcast, but in a pandemic in a really weird way. So it's yeah. been fun. Liz, am I wrong? No, that was that. That Thank was accurate. Thank no you. changes. That was accurate. <laughs> I yeah. will. I will say <laughs> no, no changes. I will say what's what's funny about it is for some reason, and I feel like I've talked about this here and there, Darren. Yeah. But I'm just bringing it up now because I feel delirious <laughs> today. Is um. I was convinced that Darren was a vegan. Yeah, yeah, that was like a weird first thought. And then I was Wait, like, why? Why? I, yeah, why? I don't because she's like skinny, so I just like, and she's a lesbian, so I was like, so our that's friend, true though. A lot of lesbians would are like earthy, crunchy, so maybe they would be like save the animals. or just like, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't you. know. I just like I don't know why it was really funny. Sarni, the woman who was connecting us, was like, okay, like, where should we go? You know, what, you know, making plans. And I'm like, well, Chaconi's is just like, it's central. She was staying with her brother in North Hollywood, but like, obviously, because, you know, she works with Bravo. Like, I knew she would have Mm -hmm. meetings and whatever in that area. I was like, well, Chaconi's is good. Plus, they have like a lot of vegan options. Like, I'm sure she could eat that. And I don't remember. Like, right, this like, one sits down and orders like a cheeseburger. And, and my and like ass a side of chicken orders. Wings. And you're like, you're like, I'll have a side salad and water. And then I'm like, and I'm the vegan? Like, what? No, I know. And she's like, y'all got Diet Coke? I'm like, what? I don't even know. Just saying. Which, by the way, I am drinking a Diet Coke in honor of Darren right now. But yeah, no, I don't know why I thought that, which was, I think we had these preconceived, or rather, I did, preconceived, you know, idea of what she was going to be like, and she looking at me was the same. But anyway, and here we are. Well, but you both kind of did. Like, I think that's the funny part about it. And also, like, with the actual name of your podcast, which you all get into. So... Now I have to hear, I'm going to pose this question to you, Liz, first. We'll flip-flop it this time. Um, but I, this question is to both of you, so you can both answer. So I'm curious, what would you identify as, like, I'll say, like, the three, if there were three, the three pivotal moments that got you to the point of just wanting to start a podcast. But then what made you realize, yes, I want to do it with this person? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what was that? Okay, I'm like, what was behind that? No, okay? I'm like, <laughs> clip out yeah, that video. Yeah. Can you please clip out that video? Okay, okay. <laughs> it's like, it's okay. They don't call me Dead Eyes for nothing. Oh, that was, you. that was um, a great oh, your drag, your drag queen name. Yeah. yeah, that was a really good episode. Um, you know, when a child just yeah. tells you what they really think about you. Um, I. It's a no, it's a good question, and I've never been asked that yeah. before. And I think that's why I just went blank uh, for a moment. You know, for me, you know, I was a speaking of kids, I was like a kid actor. I was pretty successful young in the sense that I did a lot of professional theater, I did a ton of commercials. I, you know, moved to Los Angeles um, 
I had thought when you booked a pilot, like you were famous and rich. That is incorrect. Um, many, many pilots get made, shot, and filmed with million dollar budgets that never see the light of day, which is what mm-hmm. happened to me. And so I had been acting. I'd kind of let that go. I'd started to, um, you know, uh, host live events, which are still terrifying to this day for me. I don't know how I did it. And so I had done all of these things and, and, and I had hosted a kind of a, a talk show based around nail art. And I don't know, I, and it had been bought and it had been sold and it had been shelved and all this shit. And I was just like, God damn it. You know, I don't know what what I can do anymore in this space and I started to listen to podcasts here and there and I don't know I I I wasn't that I didn't think it could be Mm. for me until I started to see like pretty mediocre people (laughs) do it and I was like, well, what the Wait. fuck? Like, I think <laughs> what, I could what do What podcast this. were you listening to that you were initially comparing yourself to? <laughs> Why name names? Why uh, name no, names? No, I mean the ones Why that name you names? liked. Like, what were the ones that you liked that you initially... I don't even know if I liked any of them. That's my <laughs> point. Like, I think I was just sort of... Actually, that's not true. I love The Read. The Read is a podcast that I love and I started to listen to it on my commute and I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. And I was, I almost like wanted to call in <laughs> as a listener. Anyway... And then really it was the production company that I had been working with, which was Embassy Row, who who does our podcast now. And they were the ones that were like, what about podcasting? Like, this is something that could be so great for you. And I'm like, I guess. I don't know. And then again, it was our friend that introduced us and was like, I think you and Darren could do something really fun together. And to be honest with you, like, I don't know if it was... I mean, I obviously really respect it. Darren, I mean, she'll answer the question in a minute, but she's a pro, right? Like she has a huge crime, a true crime podcast that had been featured everywhere that I had listened to and, you know, had been doing tons of like on camera stuff. So I knew I was like, this girl is like such a pro and really fun and really different to me. And yet we like are in the same sort of orbit. And so to be honest with you, it wasn't a really long thought process to me. I was just like, fuck it, let's do this. You know what I mean? Like, and if it crashes and burns, well, whatever, I'll just do something else again. But I've, you know, I've found such a great partner to do it with and I'm having such a good time. So here we are. Oh, that's really sweet. Uh, You know, from my standpoint, I mean, I think Liz hit the nail on the head in so many ways. I think the thing for me, well, first off, I had done podcasts before, so I was well versed in the area. I like the format for someone like me who I would probably self- describe as kind of weird in my opinions in a lot of ways it's easier when you can have like a conversation about things as opposed to just like a tweet here and there or an Instagram post like Mm -hmm. I'm also a very curious person I interview people and I want to interview people as my full-time job which it kind of is and Mm so uh, podcasts were just kind of the natural thing for me and I think Liz and I got along really well very easily quickly uh, especially without having any real solid like hangout friendship memory to like riff on. Remember that time? Like when we started mm-hmm. podcasting, we hadn't really, we had met in person like once, maybe twice. twice. We were like okay. and, so, yeah. and then we were like, let's do five recordings a day, which oddly is hilarious because it happened, you know, right at the beginning of the pandemic, but we weren't sure what was going to happen. So we had all this stockpile when we knew we couldn't travel and weren't going to be together, which was just ended up being fortuitous. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was kind of like we were developing our friendship on air 
you know, with other people. And there was always something really, there is something, there is something very magical about that. But I think to Liz's point, even more so, her and I are, get along very well. We Mm -hmm. respect each other. We're roughly the same age. We have similar sexuality preferences. (laughs) Roughly. Roughly. Why the shade? I knew it was coming. Liz, this is my turn to sell my, I didn't interrupt you. Did I interrupt you? No, I sat quietly. I was respectful. And here you are interrupting me. Roughly the same age. She is a wee bit older. Um, And I will lord it overhead forever. But, so here's a person who, we might, we have sort of similar backgrounds, but not, you know, not exactly the same, who kind of have different opinions about, in interesting ways and you know the way Liz thinks about something will open my eyes to be like hi I never thought about that and that might be because she's bisexual that might be because she's born in San Francisco I don't know Mm -hmm. but it's somebody that sometimes I can disagree with and completely be agreeable with and I think that's always Mm -hmm. like a good thing to kind Mm -hmm. of hear like I never walk away from a conversation with Liz being like she's an idiot I hate her it's always like huh I didn't think about it like that she might make a good point and that's really hard to do especially now and I just seem to have it naturally with her. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, well, <laughs> side note, I felt like for a moment, my, my, the, my therapist for like my boyfriend and I, I felt like her when you were like, oh, don't interrupt. She like does this little TP thing with her fingers. She'll be like, hold on, time break, time break. <laughs> we'll have, we'll have, but you two write at each other like really quickly. I need it to TP good. Liz. Um, I'm TPing you, Liz. <laughs> Liz, I'm TPing. <laughs> um, but I'm really glad you brought that point up, Darren, because one thing I did actually want to ask the two of you was because I know that you two have grown up, I think, in a very different way, definitely, um, which you can touch each touch on a little bit if you want to. But something that your podcast does is really break down that idea of, you know, queer people being a monolith, you know, which is something that we always have to discuss and break down with any marginalized group because that's what happens when they're talked about. And I was really interested to hear about how you two have handled conflict either between each other or conflict that's come up maybe on the podcast behind the scenes that we don't actually get to hear once it makes the final edit or just anything like uncomfortable or difficult in conversation and how you two have navigated that. If you have like specific examples or anything that comes up for you that you're down to share. I have any specific examples of like major major disagreements I think for for some there there are there are moments where I'll ask Liz like you know should I pull this quote or should I like what did you think of my response to this was this was this a professional way to handle it would somebody take this out of context mm. you know like sometimes when you're in the middle of a recording it's hard like general conversation sometimes it's hard to realize how it could come off cross afterwards and then you're sitting there for a little while and you're like "Ooh, I didn't mean it like that and I I didn't want the guests to think of it like that so Liz is a good um, soundboard for me in that way and I think if she says yes if she's like yeah take it out I take it out like I trust her opinion so wholeheartedly now if I if it's something that I'm very strongly on I I'll push back on her and I'll be like I'll disagree I'll disagree with her and I'll say like okay I don't see it like that I think that it's this way but I don't want to be looked at I think you're 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 giving me the safer option, so I'll do it that way. And we kind of just agree whatever's kind of a little bit sometimes the safer option because we're not here to we're here to thought provoke, but we're not here to like insult 
haphazardly and mistakenly Mm. and I and sometimes especially for me because I'm a little bit of a talker and I'm opinionated I really need somebody else who might have a better temperature check on stuff than I do and that's definitely Liz Mm. I mean we both do that for each other and it like also depends on like how if I've smoked (laughs) weed and I'm like paranoid and I'm like spiraling at one I'm good on weed what did I say to her there (laughs) yes Um, but I also think you know what's really interesting that some people don't realize when you start a podcast with a production mm-hmm. company, mm. it's a different thing. And Embassy Row has been really great to us and they're really supportive. We are totally not their mandate. Yes, that's true. Like, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar at all, mm-hmm. but the founder and owner of Embassy Row is a man by the name of Michael mm-hmm. Davies. And he is actually a very well-known podcaster. He is one part of the podcast Men in mm-hmm. Blazers, which is arguably the soccer like podcast. one of the most oh, like okay. the soccer podcast ever. Gotcha. Okay. So it's been interesting because Darren and I, you know, have gotten to know each other, right? We talk about gender, sexuality, things like uh drug abuse and and alcohol abuse we talk about on our podcast we talk about sexual assault on Mm -hmm. our podcast we talk about consent we talk about like a bunch of shit right like a bunch of kind of touchy subjects but then we also are navigating building a brand with each other navigating the fact that Darren is the face of like many different shows and therefore has Mm -hmm. a personal brand I have a crazy corporate job that I want to keep. Yeah. Um, And so, and I guess a brand of myself. So we also sort of navigate a lot of behind the scenes things as well, where we're like, well, you know, there are actually no queer women at Embassy Row. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we are having to like kind of explain our position on things Mm -hmm. sometimes to them. Um, And again, they're very receptive, but it's also like, they're like, well, we have this amazing sports podcast. Why aren't you the same? And we're like, because we don't talk about fucking that's soccer. Not our area. You know what I mean? Right. So I, that's not our like area. And, and you know, we don't want to interview that person that you suggested because that person doesn't fall in line with our stuff or like this person didn't really show up and doesn't really make sense. Like there. So there actually is quite a bit like I would say behind behind the scenes that we work on together um, you know, because at the end of the day, like this is a brand for us. And I think Darren and I, you know, we work really hard on it and it's something that we want to continue and grow. So there's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Now I have a, I have a couple of follow-up questions and I'm just in my brain trying to pick which one to go first. Um, I want to touch on that piece that you just said, Liz, though, about kind of like you two have this duo, this team with each other where you can kind of support each other when you are pushing back on maybe something being suggested to you or pushed onto you that really doesn't align with your values and what you want to bring on the podcast. Um, And I'm curious for each of you if, is that something that has come natural to you in the past to be able to kind of speak up in that way? Or is that something like a muscle that you had to kind of cultivate with each other or by yourselves? I I mean, it is tricky because I think that when I first started out in the entertainment industry, you're the yes person. I mean, and you just follow orders if for lack of a better term here, because like you want to just grow and you want to be 
uh, a sponge at that point and learn everything that you can. But now, and I think it also comes with age and it also comes with experience and I can put a monetary value to my time at this point, you know, and I'm allowed, Liz and I are at the point in our careers where we can say no and I think there's a lot of power in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think it was a learned sort of natural skill that came with experience (laughs) and age. But for me, it was actually having the mentor of Andy and seeing Mm -hmm. how he navigates the world. Now, granted, he's worth a lot more than I am in terms of (laughs) entertainment value, right? Like just Mm -hmm. that in in terms of that. But I sort of learned how he fights for himself and what he compromises on and what he won't compromise on. And that Mm -hmm. should be sort of the standard for for anything, you know, in my opinion. And he just handles it so well. So for me, it was Mm -hmm. a kind of a learned natural skill if for kind of a both thing for me. Yeah, and I think, you know, in it's interesting. My experience has been obviously doing mm-hmm. my own projects, but also doing a lot of projects at the publishers that I worked for. So when I first started my career, I was a writer-producer making a bajillion pieces of content a day. And so those were assignments, right? And so I, like, there was no saying no. Like, it was what it was. But as I started to develop my own ideas... I think I got burned a couple of times, which was a great learning experience. Like, okay, sure, I'll do whatever. And then I'm like, wait, I, how did I not get paid for that? And why did you steal it? And then with the the show that I kind of touched on earlier, Getting Nailed, like I just said no. Like everyone wanted to buy it from us and go have like, I'll never forget like Revolt TV. I was hosting once in a while for them and they wanted to buy it and give it to Amber Rose. And I just was like, no. And I'll never forget Kenny Burns looking at me in Hollywood from this like long table. And he's like, you're not like I can't put like a random white girl on Revolt TV hosting this show. Like you're going to have to give it up. Like, we're, mm-hmm. And I got all the deal points and it was an awful, awful, awful yeah. deal. I yeah. almost did it. And then I was like, <laughs> fuck it. I'd rather see it just die. Well, you know what I mean? I'd rather yeah. just yeah. like, because I knew I wouldn't be able to handle it. Right. And so I think, you know, there's those learning moments there. And then I think with Darren and I, it's also been interesting to kind of take feedback because everybody wants to give us fucking feedback <laughs> all the That's time. true. Solicited or unsolicited. Taking the feedback and some of it has been really great actually for us, but then also pushing back like Darren said and being like no actually I know myself or my brand or Liz and I can do what like no we're like thanks for the feedback but no Mm -hmm. so um we did push back for an example on the name of the podcast oh yeah Yeah, we did which is funny because sometimes it bites us in the ass because it 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 is a it's funny right like it it obviously you Mm -hmm. it elicits an emotion out of most people and it and I think it catches the eye in a lot of ways, but it's a really hard name to sell to advertisers sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so it can be, it's sort of a, but, we, you know, we always have sort of stuck by yeah. it and we've gotten pushback, but Liz and I have always sort of agreed on it. Um, and it's like the one, We're like, it's the one thing that binds oh. us. It's like, it's us now. Like, this is it. This is it. Yeah. We're scissor sisters. That's is. right. Uh, I love that you use the word bind. It yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, so were there alternate names that are shareable or they were just like, don't like, were they like, oh, it should be this or they were just like, change it. No, I think that we had considered it. The funny thing is, is the name came the first time Liz and I met each other. Like when we were talking about doing a podcast, 
We joked mm-hmm. that that should be the name. Like, that was the first name that came out of our mouths. And then we were like, yeah. And then we, like, never really thought past that. We were just like, yeah, that's the I name. Like, we were just did. like, yes. I think over the years we had pitched – over the years. Over the over the year we probably pitched <laughs> other like, names. <laughs> yeah. It, I know. The I'm pandemic like, feels like five have, years. It feels like uh, a bunch of years. 100%. It feels like five years. But over the year yeah. and a half, I think we've pitched – other things but uh-huh. never seriously mm-hmm. we've always been pretty staunch about scissor i know well it's interesting because i know there was a moment not that long ago where we were like should we change it i mean yes. here's the thing and darren and i and i can i hope i can share this knowledge we had like an honest conversation i came to her and i was like listen i talked to some people that i really trust they said that the name might be hindering us getting more placement than Mm -hmm. we are getting and shit should we change it and Darren was like all right well like let me think about it and I think that's actually a perfect example Mm. of how we work together where we're like okay well we've worked our butts off on this thing like we don't want to see it all go away like maybe we should change the name and then to Darren's point we just kind of were like well whatever fuck it this is like the best name let's just keep it going Right. And like, it's polarizing, you know what I mean? For better or for worse, Mm -hmm. it's polarizing. And in the sea of podcasts, it's nice to see something that says exactly what it is. Yeah. Like, you know what, you're going to be getting LGBT content with that. Right. And I mean, it also then starts the conversation around, okay, well, is the issue us that we can't get placements in advertisements or is the issue that you all need to change, you know, and like allow for more of that, depending on who you are approaching about it. But I just think that flip is always like super important when talking about it. Yeah. Liz, what's your face? No, I mean, you're right. I (laughs) mean, listen, like, you know, something that I, because, you know, my day job is selling, I, and I, I sold or I tried to sell quite a bit on the last show. And it's sort of weird when like talent comes in and tries to sell you an advertising package. Like it's not great. Mm -hmm. So I try to like lose control, not lose control, release control a little bit, uh, which is borderline impossible for me to do as Darren will (laughs) probably tell you uh, to my face and behind my back. Um, (laughs) But it is, I mean, I think it is, I, I, I hope that, people we've got a lot of great supporters like right now we have a mm-hmm. alcohol a female founded alcohol brand who happens to be good friends of mine that are sponsoring our podcast it's called Bev and they're just kind and I met them years ago like when Alix was literally like her office was in her bedroom in Venice and you know that's a perfect example of a podcast or excuse me rather a brand supporting a podcast where you know quite frankly I call Alix I'm like you don't really do a lot of gay shit Mm-hmm. If you want to do some gay shit and you want to be around celebrities, Darren and I will do it. And we've gone <laughs> above and beyond, you know, our contract for them. And yeah. we want to keep advertisers. So I would say, you know, yes, I hope people can look past the name and and see that it's just fun. Um, yeah, but Darren and, and I. Cheeky. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also the kind of funny part about it is that Darren and I, I would argue, are like so professional. Right. Like the podcast is actually overly. like so polished in my right. opinion and yeah. like oh, so yeah. professional. And so it is sort of funny because, you know, we're just having a we're having a we're just having some fun. It's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, definitely. Um to one of your your earlier points, Liz, that you were mentioning, I I just wanted to really drive drive it home for my listeners, but I was just at podcast movement this last week. We're recording a week after that. Y'all are going to hear it way later. Um, But 
I was watching Jill Scott speak and she mm. said something. I know, I know. I was like, oh my God, I was dying. Um, but her voice is just like so perfect to listen to in speaking and singing. Okay, I digress. Um, but she said, uh, she was talking about the power of no. And I was just like, yes. Like I was just like snapping so much because I think that that's something I've really had to learn. And I've learned now in my like, later 20s and after like a whole bunch of shit in my career and personal life, you know, leading up to that point. And so I always like to ask that question that I initially asked the both of you about just like learning how to speak up for yourself and like figure out how you how you are going to align with your own integrity, you know, in the spaces that you move. And I think that for a lot of women that we're not socialized to do that. And then, of course, there's so many other different intersecting identities that go into that and affect it. But I don't think it's the same for every, every woman. And so that's why I'm always curious what people's personal experiences are with that. No, I think that's actually a great question question. And also like I talk about this all the time with my career coach and my therapist, like Mm -hmm. when do you stand up? When's appropriate? How much is too much? Do you know, it's, it can be hard. It's a really hard thing to do constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It feels good when you know that it was right though. Yes, like mm-hmm. I, I and you re- win exactly. And you win. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I recently had to finally just say no on you know this past year, um, and it was a very complicated and nuanced no because sometimes you don't realize you know you're being taken advantage of or you know you're not being paid appropriately or you push back mm-hmm. and you do try to negotiate for more and they offend you. <laughs> And then it's like, well, what do you do then? You know what I mean? Like, what do you do? Do you stay? Do you go? Like, how do you resolve when it doesn't go perfectly? You know, is also kind of an interesting thing that now I'm going into, right? Um, So anyway, yeah. Yeah, and those, I'll say one last thing about it, and then I I have a new question for you too. But uh, it's funny how sometimes that no can be the reason that you get a yes like six months later absolutely that's from really the same person like yes. <laughs> absolutely that can happen that definitely can yeah happen. i know i know it's always a long game i think we're we're oh, many of us uh for valid reasons are in such a constant state of need that it feels so dire in the moment for it to come through but sometimes it just needs to marinate for a little bit If you listen to the pod broads, I'm guessing it's highly likely that you are either a podcaster or you know at least one person in your life who podcasts. So this is for you or for that friend. You know how much work it can be to create and promote a podcast. And more often than not, most of that time goes towards production and not promoting. What you need is someone else to take some of those production tasks off your plate so you can spend your time telling the world about your show. That's where Swell comes in. Swell is the first podcast editing service for women by women created by my friends at The Wave. If you want to get some much needed time back into your podcasting schedule, visit swellpodcasting.com and use my code podbrads for 15% off your first month. That's podbrads for 15% off your first editing package with Swell. 
I want to ask now, we were talking about the name and just kind of like the, the premise of your podcast. And Liz, when you initially emailed me, you posed it as a pop culture podcast through a female queer lens. And what I love, though, is that the people that you have on your podcast are like across the board in terms of identity. It's not just women, people who identify as female and queer, you know? Um, so... I think I just wanted to like pick your brain a little bit about like what does that description mean to you and what was the choice behind I guess kind of both the framing and then who you did end up deciding to open it up to. Well I wrote that because what was sort of starting to bother me and I think Darren and I through looking at our show and trying to understand like what it was is that it was sort of annoying me a little bit that people were like, oh, yeah, you're like gay podcast. I'm like, well, no, because Darren is like a reality TV professional. Mm. OK, I work in entertainment and I can really tell right. you like the B sides of some R&B music from God knows. what. You know what I mean? Like we end up talking like just take out like the gay shit. Right. But we really just talk about pop culture. And I think, you know, Darren always sorts of, sort of brings up when it's relevant, uh, mm -hmm. you know, this concept of like not having to come out anymore and how it like isn't a big deal. I'm sorry, Darren, if I'm like butchering that. But I, I always love how Darren's like, mm -hmm. you know, when we talk about coming out stories with some of our guests, you know, so, sometimes the conversation will lead to like, yeah, like it wasn't a huge deal. And that's OK, too. Right. Because. Why is my sexuality like needing to be this like huge moment, positive mm -hmm. or negative or anywhere in between? And so I framed it that way. And maybe I should not frame it that way because I think it's in I think anyone can listen to our podcast. But what makes us different is that it is hosted by two queer females. And therefore, our experience, as Darren said, kind of at the top of this interview is like those are that is our experience. And it is shaping how mm -hmm. we watch like my favorite reality show, Temptation Island. I'm like, this is crazy. These dudes are trash. Like, oh my God. Do you know what I mean? Or vice versa. I'm like, just throw some lesbians on there and this will be better. But I think I think it is a pop culture through a queer female lens because we're the ones running the show, literally and figuratively. So um, that's what it means to me. Obviously, as you mentioned, we have people of all different walks of life mm -hmm. as guests on the show. So it just didn't, I just didn't want it to be like an LGBTQ podcast. Like, cause it's not, <laughs> I don't know, Darren, I might've butchered that. Take it, take it away. No, I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think it's actually what you said up top, Alexandra, that you, that just because we're both queer or both women doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. mean that we have the exact same experience, the exact same coming out. So it's not a monolith. Like I'm right. Darren, she's Liz, you, you're Alexandra. Like that's, those are three different experiences, even if we're all women or, or mm -hmm. you know, people who identify as women, whatever it is. So we never thought that we were just going to have one type of queer person or one type of this, because I think even for us, and we say this, I think almost ad nauseum, but I think it's kind of the point is that yeah. we're not experts. We just happen to be mm -hmm. queer. And so we know what it's like to be queer, but we don't know what it's like right. for every queer person. And I learn things like we haven't aired this episode yet but there is a there is a a part uh where we're, we have leah delaria on uh you know who mm -hmm. plays boo in orange is the new black and um. i tell her about my 
what I had issues with with drag queens and like drag racing in general. Mm-hmm. And she calls me and she was like, that sounds like second wave feminism to me. And she's like, that can be inner, you know, homophobia to me and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, I never thought about it like that, but maybe mm-hmm. you're right. And it wasn't something that I actively thought about, but she's a lesbian woman, but I never thought about that. And so right. I think scissoring isn't a thing honestly started as a hilarious, like, uh, one thing we can all relate on is being queer and we all probably have mm-hmm. one instance where someone asked us something that is like normally you would just never ask a straight person like how do women right. have sex like who pays on the date like are there Who's roles the dad? in the like who wears the yeah. mustache like we were just like what the fuck are people are people asking straight people this right, right. like <laughs> who's the dad who pays who proposes I'm just like I don't know like do you like I I, I. and so it kind of just started as that and that was the underlying theme that we can all relate on being asked a weird fucking question that no one else you know no one cishet probably has to deal with but that our experiences are still entirely different and some people are offended at the f word and other people aren't and they wear it on their shirts and take pride in it and like both positions can be correct yeah for sure so darren i'm actually really glad that you just brought up kind of that conversation about drag queens and just like how you're expressing it because I feel like you two ask people like pretty difficult questions sometimes um or like I don't know I I know that there's some soundbite in my head Darren of you saying like some somewhere around like you're not a Afraid to do like go there is that correct did she I goes, or like, there. you're religion. open to talking about anything you're open yes. to talking about anything you personally yes that's what I was trying to get at yes um I was like I know it's in there specifically just, with religion yeah specifically with like religion and faith and stuff like that yes Liz always knows she's like I'll let Darren take this and I'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> I love it um so it did get me thinking and I guess this is kind of what you just brought up about that, that conversation, um, Darren with Leah Delaria. Um, but I don't know. Have there ever been like questions that were too hard for you to ask when you were in a conversation that maybe you shied away from, or I don't know, Liz's face just went for me. Uh, there's been tough. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Uh, for me there's uh, well, you want to okay. ask people stuff and you like can't right yeah, it, it's not <laughs> that you can't it's that like you have to because the situation does involve intimacy in some form yes. whether that's how your 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 underbelly shows on our show because you're identifying yourself you're talking about right. probably a pretty monumental time in your life you're talking about then relationship to your parents and your significant others and then religion so you know, for me, that's uh, that's you have to you have to temperature check the room when you're talking to someone and see what they're feeling comfortable with because if they're mm-hmm. clearly shying away or giving no details on a certain area that you clearly know they know you want to ask about, you, it doesn't behoove us to make them feel alienated or isolated. Um, I might push in a direction or point out something and steer around, but there is always always questions. I want to ask and I feel too uncomfortable to actually ask. And they're probably, I'm glad I kind of have that gauge because I'm yeah. not sure I should ask them sometimes. I'm not sure mm-hmm. it's any of my business Agreed. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I A quick follow-up question to that, just because I'm always interested too in 
the craft of podcasting, but Darren, for you, how do you feel like, does interviewing differ at all in the mediums that you're in? Like, can you pinpoint ways that they just function or evolve differently during the interview process versus like a podcast and the other types of interviews that you do? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say that you're, I would say podcasts are really the most intimate medium that mm-hmm. is out there. More intimate than radio, more intimate than TV, more intimate than any other, you know, thing that we're kind of absorbing here because it's yeah. right in your ear and they're very specific about, they could be a specific about a certain topic or the week or whatever. It could be about dinosaurs. It doesn't matter. So it's just very intimate and you get to know the hosts a lot better in my opinion. You also have usually, you know, a lot more freedom to say your opinions about things. When I'm interviewing reality stars on People TV Reality Check, I can't really go into them about being like, what was it like to come out to your parents who clearly you have no relationship with and who hate you and who, you know, probably would have killed you if you had been, you know, so it's like I can't really go there because I'm supposed to talk to them about their show. They're on my show to publicize whatever they need to publicize it you know I put reality tv stars under scrutiny to an extent and I might call them out Mm -hmm. on it and I'll say do you think that the baby's comments recently I know you're a big fan like did his homophobic comments bother you so I'll talk about it in pop culture but I certainly it's one question with Liz I'll ask nine follow-ups to something and I can actually like take time to listen to their response so it's just I think you get more out of podcast shockingly Yeah, yeah, for sure. For both of you, you both do many, many things. And I definitely identify with that. So being someone who is multifaceted, we all are multifaceted, but some people in their work a little bit more. Um, So I wonder what this podcast has kind of afforded you each to explore about yourself, whether that's on like a personal level or a professional like skill level or things like that, that you haven't been able to do in these other areas of your life you know I made a tough decision six years ago I guess it was to leave production during my day job Mm -hmm. and actually really seven years ago because I took a sales job and I was like no and went back to creative marketing and then I was like no Mm -hmm. and went back to sales and so I really made a decision then that from you know working at a publisher that I didn't really want to just be an idea machine for work I wanted to keep things separate and it was a really hard decision and it made it so it was more difficult to do projects but it was something that I don't regret because I do like making deals and I have fun in that weird like way. So I'm so grateful for this podcast because it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. I love meeting people. I love doing this with Darren. I love talking to celebrities. Like it's fucking fun. Like at the end of the day, it's a lot of fun. And I've also really, it's been really nice to have a partner in this that like, we kind of joke that we're not like the best queers, right? Like we're like bad queers. Like I I feel closer to the little queer community that I've made. I feel, you know, it's just been like a great experience for me. I think also owning mm. that queerness looks different for everyone 
And it doesn't just have to be like East Side lesbians that like don't shave their armpits and like listen to King Princess, which I love all of those things. Okay, relax, because I live on the east side, and I'm a lesbian, and I can confirm that I shave okay, my armpits. Okay, I know, but this, this is my point. But I'm just saying, you know, I think it. It's just really given me a creative outlet that's a lot of fun, and it's been an opportunity yeah. for me to uh, get more, be more confident in my queerness with the supportive partner along the way. Mm, love it. You know, similar in in a similar way. I mean, like I work for Andy, which obviously represents. You know, when I'm working for him, I'm representing him and I'm representing yeah. Bravo. And when I work at BravoCon, I'm representing that brand. Even if I'm Darren Karp, I'm still mm-hmm. under the Bravo sheen because everyone knows I work for him. With people, yeah. I'm the host of Reality Check. So I got to make sure that I'm doing right by the Meredith brand. Meredith owns people and making sure that I'm asking the questions that our producers and our overlords want us to ask. And, you know, we get the guests that they want and cover the stories that they want scissoring I'm just Darren you know I can just be me and I can ask those questions that I think I wouldn't either have time for or it wouldn't be appropriate in the forum for me to ask them but you know just in general I think with with topics that are kind of sensitive and deal with very personal things it's really scary to ask questions sometimes in this environment because Mm -hmm. everyone's just willing to jump down your throat even if it's just a a legitimate question or b with no intention other than to learn behind it, which I think is a lot of people who genuinely just kind of want to know, but are very scared to ask questions that they feel like they should already know. And I Mm -hmm. have no kind of problem. Like I want to create a world under which it's okay to ask questions again. And for you to either say why you're offended, you know, sometimes people don't want to answer how they identify or what their sexuality is, or they'll find Mm -hmm. it offensive. I just want to know why don't I'm not, me just asking is out of curiosity so I know for the future. And I've really learned a lot about just kind of being myself, but also really navigating other people's, re- really reading other people's sensitivity and and trying to be empathetic and a place where they feel comfortable being themselves. Uh, that's actually helped me in my personal life as well mm-hmm. as just my professional one. It's made me a better interviewer to listen more. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I just, I I feel like for me, it's getting me comfortable asking maybe the questions again that we stopped doing a little bit. Yeah. I think it's tough too, because like both of those feelings and reactions are valid. Like just what we were talking about earlier about like those two things are true at the same time. Like so many things can be true and valid at the same time. And I think that that's... So As nuanced. a country, what we are struggling to yeah, there's navigate. no nuance. Yeah, there's, we always say like there's no nuance anymore, and I'm yeah. like, you can love Ellen and also think that she's a bitch sometimes at the same. Like it's it's like you can have both things mm-hmm. sometimes. Like you might love her, but might not want to work for her. Like. Okay, right. but there, there's a conversation to be had there as opposed to just writing mm-hmm. people off. And uh, yeah. I hate that. That doesn't do anything for anyone. Yeah, well, and I also think, uh, uh, like, the person who comes to mind for me is, like, J.K. Rowling, right? Like, mm. super mm. transphobic, um, really just doing her best to taint everything good that she's put out into the world for people. But, like, I, I think there's also the issue of, like, you can't, like you can't take away what was meaningful for someone in a time that's already passed and that's a part of their identity now you know like harry potter is that for a lot of people they're like harry potter positively changed so many people's lives 
and they can't go back in time and change that just because now the writer is doing something that's really harmful. Um, I mean, there's things in your present that you can change of how you navigate that. But I think that just what you were saying, um, it just, I don't know, we don't have time for a whole philosophical conversation, but that is something that makes me think about like how we're navigating just these parts of our own histories and each other's histories and what's meaningful to us and what is now harmful, you know, and how do you deal with it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually funny because before we were recording, Liz and I co-host the show with uh, Taylor Str- on Taylor Strucker's show, this, this mutual mm-hmm. friend of ours, and, you know, she's complaining about her wedding, just the things about it. And so she's talking to me today about something, and we, we, were, we were talking about something, and I mentioned Jeff Bezos, you know, and I was like, say mm-hmm. what you will about him. She was like, oh, I hate him. And I go, <laughs> behind you are four Amazon packages I know. that you haven't opened yet. And she was like, no, I love Amazon. And I was like, okay, well. <laughs> and I was like, so both things can be true, right? Like right. you can hate it, but also it's like, the art versus the artist. But there's the point is to you, no matter where you fall on the J.K. Rowling scale or the Michael Jackson scale or the Taylor Strecker scale, there's mm-hmm. a conversation and it's important to always listen to sides here, I think. Totally. And have nuance with things. Next week on the Pod Broads. I also think about like some, a lot of people use humor as a coping mechanism. Yeah. And so, like, if you tweet something about, like, a messed up situation to make a joke out of it so that you can process it and then get, mm-hmm. then get canceled about it later. Like, I just, I just feel like, I mean, I think a lot of this has to do with just being online because I think about Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. So Tina Fey, I think my hot take about her is that she would have been canceled a long time ago, like epically canceled. Mm-hmm. If she had been on Twitter or the internet, mm-hmm. generally. Like, she's not on any social media. And so, like, people... I think with canceling, people want the person who's being canceled to know that they're being canceled. You know, like, this is your consequence. Like, people are mm-hmm. angry at you. That's Jasmine Aguilera, an award-winning producer known to some as the Leslie Nope of podcasting and the co-host and producer of The Cut. And my guest on the Pod Broads next week. Make sure to follow and subscribe to the Pod Broads wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you'll never miss an episode. Let's get it. Darren, would you rather never get to use the word labia again or only ever get to watch your favorite reality TV without the sound on? I would rather not say the word labia ever again, which is hard for me because I literally (laughs) try and bring it into every single piece of conversation I've ever had ever. Like I think Liz, you've made fun of me for saying labia probably Yes. So too many times, which is tough, but I I think I might like reality TV Let's more than I so. like saying the word labia. But that's a tough one. That's Oh good. Liz, no judgment here. Free like judgment free zone here. Judgment free. Oh, I'm so glad it was difficult. That was my goal. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Liz, for you. Um would you rather only ever be able to remove your armpit hair four times a year or I know it's very specific 
or only get to do nail art once every two years. <laughs> this is tough. I I I ha- I can't have armpit hair. So whatever the answer is, that like I guess I'll just get a plain red manicure and do nail art once every two years. That's fine. Wait, can I just can I just toss in a side? Would you rather, Liz? Yeah, would you do rather it. Have short fingernails, like yeah. just mm. short, like have no nail at all. Or have I'd rather really have short. I'd rather. I already have like, like pointy. Like no, pointy I'd rather ones. have short. Like yeah, like. Yeah, no, like no. Jackie Joyner Kersey nails, like out to here. Okay, <laughs> just making sure we're <laughs> all on the funny. same page. Okay, sorry. Had an, I'm I glad had an we, addendum. No, I'm glad we clarified that. It was yeah, it very important. To yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, for both of you to answer, what is something we would be surprised to learn about the other person off air that we don't get to see on air about you? So, Liz, you answer for Darren. Darren, you answer for Liz. That's a hard one. Darren, Darren, like, sort of does sports, but, like, not. <laughs> like, I actually think you'd be surprised that I probably, like, work out more, like, more intensely and more than Darren does. Like, I think you would think that she's, like, playing soccer and running around. And, like, I don't actually think she does that much of that. Right? God, what is it about Liz? I mean... <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I, like, go. there's... Uh, the thing is, is, like, she kind of is what you see is what you get. She's a little bit more... <laughs> it's kind of why I asked it. <laughs> I yeah, like... she, she is very what you see is what... Wizzy wig, as my, as my dad says. She's a little bit more... What's the right term here? Free to embrace her... Rough around the edges. Thank you, Ravioli. That was Ravioli coming in with the color commentary. Free to embrace her rough around the edges interests behind closed doors than maybe she is. Hmm. Rough around the edges? What does that even mean? I know. My mind is like moving. I'm like, what what could this mean? You have a a swagger, I think, Mm. more, you know what I mean? More off a mic than maybe you do on mic i think of embracing your allegedly Allegedly. you you know you're into rap music you know all the references you know all this like you're very gesticular you know you're a lot more like that in person than on mic god i thought you were gonna say i was more like anal and uptight Mm -mm. but i guess i'm anal and uptight you're more anal uptight on air than you are off air (laughs) Like, when you're off air, you're like, I got it. You're like, you're bringing weed to recordings, and you're just, like, giving it to me. You're like, that's good. But, like, if I even think about weed, you're like, Darren, on the podcast. You're like, Darren. <laughs> but behind closed doors, she's bringing me weed, and she's she's allowing my habit to happen. So, mm, okay. just saying. Yeah. Okay. She's buttoned up. She's buttoned up. That's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank good you question. for for sharing. Thank you. Yes. Very good question. That took me a while. Oh, I'm sorry about question. that. Yes. <laughs> I want to make sure that my listeners know exactly where to find you and to support the work that you're doing. So go forth, personal, professional, whatever you want people to know about. That's let us know. So nice of you. Please follow us at SIAT Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, also mm. on Facebook, if you can believe it. I don't really know how to run TikTok, but <laughs> 
there is that thing that's, that exists. Uh, that's S-I-A-T Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. That really helps us. For me personally, you can follow me on all platforms at Carpe Darren, and you can watch People TV's Reality Check Monday through Thursday at 4.30 p.m. on PeopleTV.com, and you can download Shaken mm. and Disturbed, where your download and scissoring isn't a thing. Liz. Dope. You can follow me at Listen to Liz, and I'm almost to 10,000 followers, and hey. I am so close, Ooh. so please follow me, and <laughs> that's it. And I'm, yeah, and scissoring um, Instagram is a good time, so make sure you guys that follow it is. there, too. That it, it is. is. It's fun. I've very much enjoyed following it so far. Oh, <laughs> Our original music is produced by Carrie Blue. The cover art was designed by Elsa Bermudez. And everything else is produced and edited by me, myself, and I, Miss Alexandra Cole. And you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook at Podraland. And you can find out more of what I do at www.podraland.com. Sign up for my newsletter for more recommendations of women-hosted podcasts, related news, and special updates about this podcast. And finally, make sure to share this episode. Tag us in it, like that shit, give it a review. Anything you do helps not just this podcast get more exposure, but also helps these women's voices be heard by way more people. And ultimately, that's my goal. So let's fucking do it. She loves wapping it up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.